Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Coaching Radio. We are your humble, happy hosts, broadcasting live from Austin, Texas. Uh, you know, I had an interesting question yesterday, Julie, um, that I want to talk about because I think it actually was, there's more to the question than that the eye. And the question was, hmm. you know, this is a long-time listener, okay? And mm-hmm. the listener knows that uh, you and I sold, you know, we've been in the real estate industry for a couple decades and that we started selling real estate in um, Columbus, Ohio, because we're from Columbus, mm-hmm. Ohio, Worthington, Ohio specifically. And they're wondering how we ended up in um, Austin, Texas. And so I want to talk about that because in, mm-hmm. embedded in that is actually kind of an interesting mindset uh, challenge that a lot of you guys have that maybe by us sharing with you our own personal moving history, it might motivate you. Um, but a quick reminder, we're going to pick up where we left off yesterday. And the topic of today's radio show, Julie, is... The topic of today's show is 12 Bad Habits That Are Wrecking Your Success, Which You Must Quit Immediately. Our original title was 10 Bad Habits, but there's actually 12. So, Mr. Producer, if you're listening, let's revise that. Yes. There's only only 12 bad habits, so there's no more. There's only so much time we have on the radio. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so... so, um, Julie and I, again, you guys know, most of you who have been listening to us for a long time, we actually sold real estate. Hey, there's a novel idea, a coach that sold real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did that, <laughs> <Not> there. <laughs> sarcasm intended, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, we did that, uh, you know, we sold real estate at, for almost 10 years, 100 to 200 houses a year, blah, 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 and we, in Columbus, Ohio. Um, and what happened was is that in the late 90s, we were Howard Britton stars. Those of you who have been in the business for as long as we have, remember Howard in his day was probably one of the most, if not the most influential person in the real estate industry, and he had this little elite group called Howard Britton stars. And when we were Howard Britton stars, there was only maybe a couple dozen of us. That was it. So um, Julie and I were Howard Britton stars, and you know we were exposed to a lot of agents from around the country as a result of that, they were also producing in high volumes like we were. And those agents would, you know, we'd, we'd hear stories about how they were selling these houses that were, you know, these big estates and how they were it's making. I remember going to these conferences and you'd run into these Howard Brenton stars that flew in on their own private jets. You know, they had uh, pictures from these vacations that we couldn't even think of. And so we had to start being exposed to um, all the possibilities of what you could accomplish in this industry. Well, those people then ignited a little spark inside of us where we started asking ourselves, and Julie and I got into real estate, as you guys know, most of you know, when we were in our early 20s, basically right out of college, not quite right out of college, a couple of years, but basically out of college. And so our world was very small. We didn't realize how big and plentiful the world could be. We didn't realize at the time even what an incredible opportunity real estate was and how once you have the skill set, you can actually pick it up and move it anywhere. Um, so... We were at the Howard Britton Conference, and then we started getting, you know, other things start happening. Like we started having agents that were attendees at these conferences would start asking us to personally coach them, and this was about in 98. Now, this at the time, we didn't even know what coaching was. Coaching wasn't even really a word that was used widely in the industry. So we didn't know what it was, but we just said yes, and that's really how we started our coaching business. I, I'm sorry that there's not a more 
elegant, professionally sounding uh, start to it, but it was about you know 20 years ago, and that's how we got into it. Basically, agents asking us to help them uh, replicate the success that we did, and that's how we got started. So I tell you guys this, uh, going back to the question, how did you guys end up in Austin, Texas? So what Julie and I did is we challenged ourselves. We had gotten to the point in our real estate careers coaching business was starting to really take off. The coaching business was becoming a better opportunity than our real estate practice. We eventually sold off parts of our real estate practice the best we could. Um, and, you know, then we started asking ourselves, well, if we could live anywhere, where would we want to live? If we could have the lifestyle that we really wanted to have, how would we actually make it happen? And by asking that question, by really challenging ourselves, then we started saying, well, you know, there's nothing wrong with Columbus, Ohio, necessarily, except, well, the winter. And so we decided, well, we want to live someplace where there's no winter, not really in the traditional Ohio sense. So we had uh, the temperature, it, one of our requirements uh, before we decide where we are going to move to um, was the temperature had to be 70 degrees year-round. And we started you know, basically creating this picture of what we want our lives to be like on a daily basis. Because really, guys, in you, those of you who are in the Midwest, it is tough selling real estate in the winter. I have... Many, 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 many memories of going on listing appointments, um, you know, where you have to be, where they didn't with clear the driveway. With a shovel, exactly. <laughs> or trying to show a house to a really motivated relocation buyer, and the lockbox is literally entombed in like three inches of ice. I mean, those of yeah. you guys And they're who relocating selling... from California and wondering what they're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They're hating being there and here they can't get Is the job really worth it? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so... And that's basically what Julie and I own homes in multiple states. We own homes in, uh, uh, in California, in Laguna Beach. We own homes in Las Vegas. And we own homes in um, a home in Austin, Texas. So that's, and Columbus. That's the tr- well, that's yeah, in Columbus. That's, so that's the truth. What we did was we said, you know what? Let's start thinking bigger. Let's start really expanding um, the reality that we can enjoy um, on a daily basis, on an annual basis. And so that's what we did. Um, and all of you guys can do the same thing. Because here's the thing about Julie and I. You will not find more humble beginnings than where we came from. And I'm not saying that as a disrespectful comment towards our families or our community or anything like that. But trust me when I tell you, um, there were lots of people that helped us. I'm not saying we – I don't believe that anyone ever does it on their own. Everyone has uh, people along the way that lend them a hand up. And so we, we did have that. But we had to ask. We had to put ourselves in the position where we are – around people that had the ability to give us a hand up. Um, But we had the willingness to take on the idea that, you know what, we could have this really expansive life. We could have um, homes in multiple states. We could, you know, do the things that we've been so blessed to do. And you can too. It's it's funny to me, um, you know, I'm a big motivational book speaker. You know, you guys are too. A lot of you guys listen to the same sort of self-improvement stuff. You know, it's fun. It's good. It's, it, it, but so many times, like Julie and I will run into some of these people, these authors and these, you know, these speakers that some of you guys are so attached to, and, and then we start talking to them. And it, I have to be honest with you, nine times out of ten, they're just stage performers. They don't really have – there's nothing there there. When you start talking to them, they don't have any money. They don't have any ability to really provide a service other than something entertaining for an hour uh, that makes you feel pumped up. And, I, you know, that was kind of interesting as I began to round the bend emotionally on realizing that, yes, we could be anywhere we wanted to be and we could live anywhere we wanted to live and we could experience anything we wanted to experience, but 
we had to get our mindsets around that in order to accomplish those goals, we had to figure out how to sincerely help as many people as we could at the highest level. In other words, for us to accomplish our goals and to live the life of our dreams, which, I, Julie, I think we are, yes? Yeah, absolutely. Living the yeah. dream, for sure. <laughs> yeah, that we had to make it so that we are helping you guys do the same thing. Whereas what I realized by getting to know some of these, I guess what you call them, well-named, well, well-known motivational speakers, is that they weren't living the life of their dreams because they had only gotten to the point where they were able to put it on a big stage performance, but they hadn't shown people how to take what they were saying and put it into action. Um, and again, I know some of you guys are thinking, well, what, the, what is Tim talking about? Because you guys know from our radio show that our primary objectives are to educate you, to motivate you, and get you into action. Most times, you guys are exposed to people that are probably doing a lightweight education job, put all the emphasis on motivation, and they give you no tools to put it into action. Uh, and that is the reason why some of you are always searching for, like, okay, I went to this motivational event, I went to this, I did this, but I don't, you know, made me feel good, like a good cup of coffee, but I don't really feel, I have no direction, I have no, you know, so in, in our realization was, is that our mission in life was to educate you, motivate you, but most importantly was to get you to take action. And if we can't get you to take action, then we're not going to get enough of you to experience the success that we have. And as a result of that, we're not going to be able to continue experiencing the life that we have enjoyed so long and so at such a level. Does that make sense, Julie? Am I, am I saying this correctly? Yeah, well, absolutely. And that is the exact theme that we coach our coaching clients and our coaches to follow when you give more, you naturally will get more back. So there is this phenomenon of agents and you know people in life, not just in real estate, but in life where people just kind of think that if they have a couple of really good days of motivation, well, the world owes them everything that they would like to have. When in mm -hmm. fact, it is that accumulation effect that earns you the right and earns you the privilege and earns you the time and not to mention the money because money is the result of your excellent hard work, okay? So, yeah, it does. It takes time. I mean, we didn't roll out of bed and have the lifestyle that we have now. That would have been nice. That would have been great. And I think part of the reason that you've taken some time to explain this is that it's easy to say when you have uh, speakers in front of you, whether it's us on the radio or anyone else that you go to see or hear, it's easy to say, oh, well, they must have had a head start. Well, we didn't have a head start. We just had a lot of hard work. And well, the thing I mean, is yeah. that, that that's the reality, but the faster you get cracking on that, you know, we're in our mid-40s. It did not take us to be 80, okay? Yes, some days were longer than others, especially in the real estate practice, okay? <laughs> Certain termite reports and, you know, things like that. I still feel like I'm a little traumatized. I joke that I'm 1117 years old in realtor years <laughs> because of those <laughs> deals. But you know what? It's worth it. So those of you, you who know, are struggling really with some of this, just remember that. Go ahead. The thing, the thing that motivates both of us is our, our real – it's not even a belief. A belief is almost like lightweight compared to how we actually feel, is our knowing that every single one of you out there, uh, 100,000 of you regular listeners, can do whatever you want to with your lives. Um, and what truthfully breaks my heart is when I hear emails, read emails rather, hear from you guys directly, run into you at different events, and I get that sense that you've given up. 
Um, and sometimes you guys rationalize the giving up. The cards are stacked against you. Somebody has an unfair advantage. Not fair. Um, you know, in order to be successful, you have to you know do things that are immoral or unethical. I mean, there's all these types of socially reinforced excuses to live just an okay, mediocre life. You've got to be willing to set all that stuff aside and, and, and really honestly have a moment of truth with yourself. And that moment of truth has to be focused on taking responsibility. If you don't have what you want in life, okay, and okay, I know I'm t- right now I'm venturing into the, oh, my God, Tim and Julie sound like materialistic sons of bitches. <laughs> Listen, we know, we accept the fact that we are spiritual entities in physical incarnations. In other words, the essence of all of us is uh, spirit, right? So here's the thing. Being that we're in physical incarnations, we need stuff. I need shoes on my feet. I need food in my belly. I need a roof over my head. I need a shirt on my back. You need stuff. So if you have the ability to, which all of you do, make that stuff that you need anyway really nice, why wouldn't you do it? Why wouldn't you embrace the... It's more heck yeah, it's more fun. You know, if that's I mean this I again I'm on a tangent just because somebody asked how we ended up in Austin, but I mean we chose Austin by the way, guys, to answer the question in a more direct way, which maybe I should have done in the beginning. Because we love Austin. Austin's a really cool, entrepreneurially minded, diverse, really honestly, of all the warm. places we visited warm <laughs> well, sometimes too warm for about three months yeah. of the year, really too damn warm. But mm-hmm. Austin is one of those places that's unique not just in our country, but in the world. It's one of those places where, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, you actually feel like you're amongst your people. There's no, there's no feeling that being successful at being your own business, you know, in some parts of the country, being successful, being financially independent, um, people will look down upon you. And some of these societal things that have crept in in, like, the past, I don't know, maybe 15 years uh, about – being wealthy, about being successful, that really doesn't exist in this in this community uh, because people do move here because of the fact that they like the fact that it's so entrepreneurial. You know, evidence is the fact that Austin itself was voted the number one tech center of the United States, even more than Silicon Valley, even more than San Francisco. Austin, Texas is now the fastest-growing tech-centered, uh, creating more tech jobs, more companies moving here. So that's exciting, and obviously – you know, the goal of what I'm trying to help you guys understand is if little Tim and Julie from Columbus, Ohio, you know, can do what we've done, so can you. And if you don't believe you can do whatever you set your mind to, no matter what your age is, you've got to allow us to help you with that realization. Just request a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Guys, you only live once and you're dead a real long time. What the hell are you waiting for? Seriously. Stop being okay with just being okay. Do something um, exceptional with your life. You can. There's no reason. And, and here's the cool thing. You, most of you, are smart enough already to take the most important step, which was getting a real estate license. A real estate license does create the vehicle for you to have an incredible uh, career, an incredible business, and obviously from that help zillions of people and make lots of money for you and your family. So, um, Julie, what point are we on from our points yesterday? I believe we're in point number four. But first, I have a fantastic shout-out. One of the agents that I am most proud of this year, Deborah Hess in Chicago, speaking of the chilly Midwest. And the thing that I'm most excited about with Deb, and by the way, if you have any Chicago referrals, let's make sure you send them to her because she does a killer job. Her goal was $25 million this year in volume. 
she's on track for absolutely, most certainly, $30 million, And if everything comes together that we believe will happen, she's going to get close to $33 million. She's experienced a 40% increase year over year. She's number one in a company, uh, Conlon Christie's, it's a Christie's affiliate, of almost 300 agents. This is in Chicago, a very competitive market. So she's done a fantastic job. And speaking of thinking bigger and using real estate to fund your dreams and your goals, Deb's going to be spending next week in Paris and London. So nice job oh, on that. Jealous. Way to celebrate. I'm I know, me too. I told her that. I told her I want lots of pictures. <laughs> We're living vicariously next week. Well, so yeah, nice we job to Deborah Hess. And yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. It's her first yeah, time in London. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, let's be honest. Maybe you shouldn't tell her this, but going to London in early November might not be the greatest of ideas because it's going to be cold, but she'll Probably. figure that out. Yes. She'll have a good <laughs> well, time. How long has Deborah, yep. Julie, how long has Deborah been a coaching client? It's been years, right? You know, honestly, it's probably a year and a half, maybe two years. I'd have to look it up to be sure. But, uh, you know, she's great proof that even she had a great year last year. And some of you guys believe that once you're at, you know, 15 or 20 million, it's really hard to make leaps, like a 40% leap. But when you're coachable, like she is, and many of our other great coaching clients, you can still do that. Absolutely. We've worked hard at raising her average sale price, at getting really killer at lead follow-up. And a lot of the things we're going to talk about on today's call, she's killed off a lot of bad habits, and she's added a lot of really great new ones. And the exciting thing is her production reflects that. Hey, Julie, you want to know one of your bad habits? What? <laughs> Boy, you're Wait nervous when I said that word, too. Well, one of your bad habits okay. is because we've done so many webinars, you keep on calling a radio show a call. Oh, radio sorry. show. You're right. Yeah. Radio show. You're oh. right. You're right. Yeah. All right. What's the next point? So, again, our topic here, ten. I'm sorry, 12 bad habits that wreck your success to quit now. And if you missed the uh, previous points, get caught up on the radio shows. So we're going to start on point number four. Quit avoiding the tough stuff. Be committed to being great at the things that fund your goals. Where does your income come from? It's very simple. In real estate, you've got lead generation. That is your number one job, in spite of what some of you may think. Generating a lead in the first place is number one because the rest of it won't happen without it. That leads, of course, to lead follow-up, pre-qualifying, presenting, negotiating, and closing. And if you're not working hard every day to be great at those things because of your distractions, because you've been led to believe something else is more important, well, then you're making less income than you should be making. So quit avoiding the tough stuff. Get help if you need it, like our coaching clients have. Make sure that you're working on the things that actually lead to a paycheck. Point number five Quit depending on your business coming only from people in your sphere. It's great that you're doing lots of transactions from people in your sphere, but eventually you're going to run out of business this way. It's a critical core lead generation spoke, but remember it's only the foundation. So work with your coach to create at least five strong spokes. Now this, this has kind of two parts to it, Tim. On the one hand, a lot of our grizzled veterans would state that this is the number one thing they wish they would have been better at faster, getting more business from their sphere, their past clients, and working that spoke. But, but on the other hand, there's only so many people that you know who are going to buy or sell this year. So look at it for what it is. Do a really great job with that foundational spoke, but don't stop there. And I think about clients where you know, maybe a lot of their past clients have moved out of town or retired or they're, they're just not going to buy or sell anymore. So I've seen businesses dry up that are overly dependent on one spoke. 
it's a core spoke, don't make it your only spoke. Does that make sense, Tim? Well, you and I could talk forever about that. I mean, it's, I, there's a double-edged sword to it, right? The nice things about right. centers of influence and past clients is, generally speaking, they're going to be the easiest people to work with because they mm-hmm. hypothetically like you, right? But the pester of it is that so many of you guys get lulled into complacency believing that just because you get some business from your centers of influence and past clients that you've got it going on, well, depending on your price range, you might very well have it going on. But to expand your business, you're going to have to expand your skill set and expand beyond your centers of influence and past clients. Um, and what Julie said is exactly right. We've seen coaching clients come to us because they were been, they've been complacent about figuring out how to generate uh, business from other than their centers of influence and past clients. And what happens is eventually, like Jewel said, you will run out. They will essentially – you'll see your business will start to uh, really drop off. In many cases, it drops off really, really fast. Your centers of influence and past clients could age out. They could move out. Uh, there's other market forces that could cause them to, like how many of you guys during the recession had all your centers of influence and past clients and homes that you'd sold to them, and they were upside down. I mean, so if you're not being able to build more spokes, you're going to have some serious financial hardships yourself. Everyone should have a center of influence and uh, past client spoke on their lead generation wheel, but to have that be your only spoke is a voluntary uh, catastrophe, (laughs) I guess is the best way to say it. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. So lose that bad habit. We're not saying don't pay attention to it. We're saying don't make it the only thing you're doing. So point number six, and this is such a bad habit, quit thinking you already know everything, that you've heard it all before and that you don't need any help. Hearing it all and knowing it all isn't good enough. Implementing is what matters. Implementing. You guys will will throw that at your coaches now and then, oh, this is just the same stuff. I've heard this all the time and every speaker I ever listened to and all of you know, I hear this in my office all the time that you have to get back to basics and you've got to, you know, call your sphere and you get blah, blah, blah. I already know it all. Well, who cares if you're not doing anything about it, right? So it's a terrible, terrible habit to use that as an excuse that because you've heard it several times that it has no value to you. Give it value by doing something about it. And yes, that is the hard part. That's why you hire a coach so that you're not going it alone and so that you shorten that learning curve and they save you from a lot of the pitfalls and mistakes costly to your time and to your money. So quit thinking you know everything. It's not actually that productive to go through life that way. Well, uh, but why point do they do seven, that, Julie? Go ahead. Why do people well, say it's that? An excuse, why do they so they do don't, that? Yeah, so they, they can just blow something off and not take it seriously. And, you know, they must be comfortable where they are or they would be implementing that. It's an excuse or, to kind of, you know, go ahead. Or, or, or and the perceived discomfort of having to learn something uh, is uh, less than or greater than the perceived uh, basically where they are. Mm-hmm. So their perception is, is for them to change how they do things or to edit or add to what they're doing to generate business and how they run the real estate practice. The perception that learning these new things will take too much time, will be too disruptive, will be too hard, will this, will that, will the other thing. And so as a result of that, they just basically stay where they are. Guys, remember, there is a word called complacency. It does exist in our language. But the reality of it is it's also a fake word because you can't be complacent. Complacent, the, uh, the way it's defined as essentially staying the same. In essence, it means that you're not changing. You're not getting any better. You're not getting any worse. But the reality of it is, is you can't be complacent because if you stop learning, if you are not constantly working to improve your skills, and I do mean that, Literally, every single day, working to get better, reading, studying, being held accountable to doing, you know, all those types of things. 
If you're not doing that, you're actually losing ground. You're not good. You can't stay the same. You can't stay the same uh, physically. If you stop working out, if you stop taking care of yourself, you're going to slide backwards financially, all aspects of your life. Your house, if you become complacent about taking care of your house, it starts to fall apart. Every aspect of your Every aspect of your life requires constant care and feeding. Uh, do not be lulled into believing that you can arrive at certain, some certain level and think that, okay, perfect, I've made it. That doesn't exist. And, and stop looking for it because you'll never find it. And if you think you have, chances are you won't have what you think you have in a year because you'll lose it. Jules? Right. That's so true. And point number seven kind of stands on its own. Quit living in tomorrow or yesterday when it's today that matters. Stop saying, well, back when my best year in real estate in 1998, it's because of this and market conditions were different, whatever. Or tomorrow, well, you know, I'll get cracking on these things that I need to fix and improve in real estate when, you know, I'll just wait till next year and that's a good time to start. What about today? What are you doing today to move forward? So quit living in tomorrow or yesterday when it's actually today that matters. That has to do with being present, which we, I believe, have had some radio shows about. So... <laughs> Point number eight, and, and again, this is gosh, such a bad habit. Quit abusing your own time. What do we mean by that? Well, if you're not in control of your time, someone or something else always will be. Controlling your time between wake up and noon is a critical skill and an expression of mental, emotional, and business maturity. Maybe you got into real estate so you wouldn't have a schedule. Well, guess what? Not having one might also be the reason you get out of real estate. Is that too harsh for them, Tim? No, it's true. It, it, we we need to deliver it to them as bluntly as possible because that's often what it takes to break through their own malaise. So that yeah, is Yeah, I mean, honestly, how many people get into real estate because they don't want to be told what to do? And because you're not being told what to do, it's also the reason you get out of real estate and have to go back to the job that you didn't like in the first place. So kind stop of ironic, using your it? own time. It is. It's really that ironic. A- and Yeah, go ahead. Well, I mean, the point Julie just made is almost kind of uh, – funny i mean a lot of people get into the business because they don't want to have a boss they want to be independent contractors they they want to have freedom of scheduling yeah well it's easy you've attained most of you as soon as you get your real estate license congratulations you have accomplished that goal you have freedom you have control of your schedule you do not have a boss but the other belief that you have is that real estate is going to uh, provide you uh, financial the financial vehicle to you know live the life of your dreams and then you never accomplish that. So it's easy to accomplish the freedom part. It's hard to accomplish the financial freedom part. Uh, and that is where a lot of you lose it because you're so addicted to the belief that the payoff is not having any kind of schedule or not having any kind of discipline or not having any kind of accountability. You have accomplished it. Congratulations. But in order to go to the next level, in order to have uh, the things you want in life, you're going to have to go back and accept the fact that it does take discipline. It does take a schedule. It does take doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. When you just accept that, stop fighting it. When you accept it, everything can become so much easier. Joel? So true. Yeah. So it is kind of a funny point because, you know, it's so ironic that what got you into it might also get you out of it. So the next point is quit hiding out from people who need your help. Secret agents have skinny kids. That was coined, that phrase was coined by one of our coaches during the recession, by the way. So quit hiding out from people who need your help. You sell real estate for a living. 
When you generate more business, you don't have to tolerate toxic people and situations. So learn to reach people you don't know as well as those you do know so you can find the most motivated. Unrepresented sellers, for example, otherwise known as FISBOs, and expireds are crying for your help. Ignoring them is costing you money. I did a fun exercise with one of our coaches who also, of course, sells real estate, and we looked at the unrepresented sellers that were in her market, and we calculated how many thousands of dollars she was missing out on by not regularly calling them, and it was outrageous. And so I was teasing her that by, by not making those calls, she's saying, oh, no, it's okay that you're handling your own sale, that you think you know how to do real estate more than I, who is my highly trained professional, do. No, 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 it's okay. I don't need that you know, $40,000 check. It's okay. I mean, what is up with that? Talk to people who are crying out for your help. So the point number nine, quit hiding out from people who obviously need your help. Point yeah, number ten, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you basically are doing that by not talking to people who so obviously, I always thought of expired as a help wanted sign. I mean, they, they're better in a sense than underrepresented sellers because at least they're showing you they're willing to list. Yeah, you know? and, and in fact, ex- and willing to pay commission, expireds have lower days on the market the second time around. And by not getting good at that, I mean, it's kind of a statement of arrogance, don't you think? Like, oh, you know, I don't need to help those people. They're, you know, they're okay. What is up with that? Stop hiding out from people who are telling you that they need your help. Well, so, they hide them, out. Yeah. Why do they hide? Why do they hide out? Because they don't know well, what easier. to say. Because they don't. Because mm-hmm. they don't have the skill set. They don't know how to approach the expired listings. They don't know how to help the expired listings overcome the yeah. inevitable emotions that they have of having their house not sell. Guys, this stuff is not difficult to learn. I promise yeah. you. Well, and those are the same agents that say, "Oh, everybody talks about calling FISBOs and expireds." I've heard that before. Well, guess why? Because it works. <laughs> you know, have that light bulb go off. Maybe the things that you perceive to be the old school basics that people are pounding you on is because it works. So pay attention to that. Do we have uh, time for three more points, or shall we continue to tomorrow's show? I have time. If you have time, we can run a little bit late. All right, perfect. So my number 10 on our bad habits list, quit trying to control what is out of your control. And boy, is there a lot in real estate that's out of your control. So always remember the serenity prayer. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, which sometimes is your own behavior, by the way, and the wisdom to actually know the difference. I I really think that that should be imprinted on all real estate deals from beginning to end. To control the things that you can control, you know, things like pricing and managing your seller relationships and negotiating. But there are some other things that you're not in control of and to accept that but most importantly, the wisdom to know the difference because so much stress in real estate is, is caused by trying to force the issue when you can't. And, I, you know, I had a call today where we were talking about the unmotivated buyers and sellers are script-proof. You could have the best scripts in the world, but you can't make someone buy or sell real estate that isn't really that motivated. And so that comes down to the wisdom to know the difference, doesn't it? So mm, back to the skill Julie. set. Yeah, very good. You know, well, I mean, because a lot of agents will say, well, gosh, you know, I use the script that you taught me, but they're just not budging. Well, maybe it's not you, it's them. You're talking to somebody who's not motivated. So we have a rule. If you want somebody to buy or sell more than they want to buy or sell, have the wisdom to know the difference, that you are barking up the wrong tree, and you can't make them do something. So the bad habit is trying to control what's out of your control. 
Okay, so point number 11, quit depending on buying your business. Boy, we've had some radio shows about that. You are at the mercy of the person taking your money or the company taking your money every month when you depend so deeply on paid lead sources. What happens when that company goes out of business or they get bought by another company? When they change the rules, they raise your rates, they dilute your leads. That really doesn't sound like much of a business plan to me. So stop depending on buying your business. Some of you are smart and have a supplemental spoke that you know this is part of your business, but you can't be dependent on that business. It will dry up on you. They'll change the rules. They'll charge you more. They'll dilute your leads, and you'll be highly frustrated. And you will blame the company instead of blaming yourself for not having the skills to not be dependent on buying your leads. Is that too harsh, Tim, or is that a little dose of reality? Hey, if they've been in the business for 24 months, they know it's true. Uh, yeah, I had actually had Julie. Your, uh, I had an interesting call with was it one of our coaches this morning? I don't remember. My calls kind of blend. Um, and Julie and I have time block days. We keep the schedules. We have our mornings all time blocked exactly like I have all you guys do. But the question was, or the conversation was, um, that a lot of agents who have gotten in the business really in the last five years literally believe that the only way to uh, get businesses to buy it. They literally don't know that there is an mm-hmm. option and an alternative, and really, no one's ever told them the truth about it. And, and we, I started saying, well, how can that possibly? You know, in my mind, I, I knew it was true, but with this person, I was saying, well, how could you have not been exposed to the fact that the most successful agents in the country are the ones that know how to self-generate, and the least expense or the least successful and the least profitable agents in the country are the ones that don't know how to and end up by having to buy all their business. And, and I realize this because we have a whole generation of brokers, a whole generation of agents who've never actually learned how to build a balanced lead generation wheel. Guys, buying business is fine, but having that be your primary spokes on your wheel is not going to work long term for the reasons that Julie just stated. You're buying your business from one of the portals, let's say. And then all of a sudden, you know, look what happened with Zillow. What was it? Uh, two Aprils ago or whatever, last April, I don't remember, where all of a sudden they didn't have start having the same level of exposure and numbers of listings that they did. So if you had been dependent on buying your leads from Zillow and then all of a sudden Zillow didn't have all the listings on their website that they had before because the whole List Hub thing, you know, with News Corp, then you were, what, screwed, okay? So <laughs> had be you word. been in that, well, that is the word. And it wasn't your fault. You didn't do anything wrong. Somebody moved your cheese. And, guys, that happens with such incredible frequency. There's very few things as far as these new whiz-bang ideas that have a, a lifespan of more than maybe 12 months. Have you noticed that? I mean, you will see and read, and everyone will be talking about this new greatest whatever, whatever. Everyone gravitates towards it, and as soon as that happens, basically, it stops working. Social networking, Facebook ads, I mean, those things do work but they don't work like they did before everyone was doing them, right? It becomes oversaturated. Well, so and you the, see at, that everywhere, right? I mean, it's not just with that. It's when everybody gravitates to it, then it's no longer novel. I was talking to somebody about marketing for short sales. When that was new, you could send a letter out, and the seller would call you. Now that you know, the, the writing's on the wall and they, we know that they don't open their mail, we have to change our ways. So it, it's online, for sure, is where we see it most prevalently. But you've got to really stay frosty on this stuff and pay attention and get some help. So but Julie, that leads here's me the, to our last thing. point. Go ahead. Well, I know, and I, I'm sorry, sorry to keep on interrupting you, but here's the thing that all this leads back around to ultimately is their willingness to actually 
pick up the phone or have face-to-face contacts. Guys, if you want to basically have the bottom line of success, that's it. And that comes, you won't do that at a very high level. You you might run into people at the grocery store, but to have uh, an exchange with someone in the grocery store or at Starbucks or at the gym that results in you generating business, that does take some skill. Um, It does take a level of confidence, and that comes from the skill. Um, And all these things together, it's like a beautiful, you know, uh, tartan, right? And once you have that woven, you feel very confident, and you'll go after whatever business you want to in whatever price range any way you can. But the belief that you have to buy your business, the belief that you have to be constantly whipping out your credit card uh, to jump uh, on board with the newest whiz-bang idea, that is what leads to your frustration, that is what's going to make you confused. That's what's going to burn you out on the business because you're never in control. You need to say, I am done with that mindset. I am done with following that path. I am going to become somebody that can lead generate on my own. And, yes, I can supplement uh, with some of these other paid lead generation ideas. And I do need – this is you thinking and you talking to yourself, right? I do need to be paying attention uh, to see if there's anything new that comes out that is innovative, that will help me generate more business, but I can't be dependent on it. I have to be willing to accept the fact that to be a really good practitioner, I need to learn the skills and master them. And when you do, you're free, and that is incredible. So, Julie, one last point? One last point, and it's perhaps the most important, as you might imagine, point number 12, just quit winging it. Hire a coach to hold you accountable to losing these bad habits, building profitable new habits, and actually doing what you say you're going to do, holding you accountable to what you claim is important to you so you can stop winging it. It's actually a lot easier. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, I don't know if I can afford coaching. Well, here's the thing. Coaching is super cheap if you're coachable and you do the things. Like our example earlier in the call, Deborah Hess, she's coachable. She's had a 40% increase this year. That's a pretty inexpensive investment for what she's gotten in return. Now, she's done all of the hard work because she's been coachable. We're just holding her accountable to doing what's important to her. But coaching, yes, is indeed expensive if you're not going to do anything and you're going to be a blockhead. Now, I know that our listeners are already not blockheads because they're still listening. So no, I no, just removed that bl- excuse. Some, Julie, eh, some are blockheads. You, you, you don't read all the emails, I guess. <laughs> Maybe you're right. (laughs) They use the radio show as an excuse to be more (laughs) blockheaded. Right. So, guys, listen, if there's ever anything we can do for you, uh, freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. We want to thank our title sponsor, and if you guys aren't on board with these two companies, you are really missing the boat. MojoSells.com. It just is absolutely mandatory that everyone has MojoSells.com. Check them out. And killer product. You guys listen to the radio every day. You know how rarely we talk about products or services, and when we do, you ought to pay attention to it. It's it's one of the only companies that I've never heard any of our coaching clients complaining about just the opposite they rave about. And the other one is 1-800-HOME-HOTLINE.COM, 1-800-HOME-HOTLINE.COM, probably one of the least expensive ways to generate passive leads. Guys, if there's ever anything we can do for you, request a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com. We'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. Your homework is, as always, share this radio show with as many folks as you know. I really appreciate it. Have a fantastic day, and we'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. 
For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.